Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Day Saints. Today is Saturday. It is April the 23rd and the year of 2022. I hope this day finds you and your family well. Yes, I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. We are embarking on a new series. It will only be a two-part series today and next Saturday. I can assure you this, okay? This is a promise. Because I don't want to linger too long on this particular subject because I have a lot of episodes to share with you for the year of 2022. Now, the name of this series is entitled, Where Do We Go When We Die? Mm-hmm. Where do we go when we die? There is a lot of misconception about this. People are making up stuff. We have certain denominations not sharing biblical truth. And I am not pouncing on denominations. I'm sticking with the word because if we are not getting information directly from God, from the word of God in the Holy Bible, I'm curious as to why you are not curious curious about where are some of these churches getting this information from? Where are they getting it from? It's okay for you to ask. I do my research and if we are not getting it from the Holy Bible, and let me say this before we move forward, God wrote the Bible so that we won't be ignorant of his word. Okay. So if we didn't find God in the Bible, we wouldn't know about God. If we didn't find Jesus in the Holy Bible, who is the savior of the world, we wouldn't know anything about Jesus. So why, when it comes to other important things, we believe anything someone tells us just because it sounds good to us and y'all just run with it. Well, that's why learning Bible truth is here. We are going to show you truth about where we go when we die and uh, information I will share in the first episode is that there is victory and hope for the dead in Christ. That's the name of the first episode, Victory and Hope for the Dead in Christ. But the series is entitled, Where Do We Go When We Die? So this is episode one. Episode two will be quite different. Okay, it will be quite different and eye-opening. So with that said, saints, let's get this truth on the road. Now, for many people, Death is a subject which they don't ever want to think about and they do not talk about, you know, however, the Bible informed Christian 
knows that death, although is an enemy to us, has no sting, nor the grave any victory. Now, that's in 1 Corinthians 15, 26 and verse 55. In fact, the Bible refers to those Christians to, who have died as being asleep. So we are going to go to our first scripture. It is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. Now I will be quoting from the King James Version, the traditional King James Version, not the new King James. However, if I read from another version of the Bible, I will let you guys know. So unless I mention anything, I am quoting from the traditional King James Bible. And you guys, y'all know the routine. To save time, I will commence to read and you can pause the tape. And when you come back, we'll be on the same page. So this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brothering, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking. This statement is so very beautiful to me. It is, it, to me, it is just so loving and kind. Now, I don't know what it means to you. Perhaps if I explain it a little more, you will get an understanding, a better understanding. Now, if God does not want his children to be ignorant saints, then the opposite of that would be that he wants us to be informed. Therefore, if we are ignorant, it's our fault. It's not God's fault. It's our fault if we are ignorant. Now, he wants us to have knowledge about the things that affect us spiritually. That's why he gave us the Bible. Okay? There are those who, even though they have the Bible, are still ignorant. And that is a real tragedy to me. It is one thing not to have the book and be ignorant. But to have it in your home, have the word of God, the holy word of God in your home and still be ignorant is a travesty of justice to me. Now, it is, however, easy to understand why that would be the case, since most people by nature are followers rather than leaders. Now, if believers are not taught the word of God, they are not spiritually informed. And if the importance of knowing and studying God's word is not stressed to them, then they will go along with the flow of whatever is being taught to them, wherever uh, or whatever congregation or denomination they attend. That's why there are multitudes of Christians who are ignorant of who they are in Christ, ignorant of what Christ has done for them, ignorant of what he is doing for them now, ignorant of what he wants for them and ignorant of what he has actually provided for them through the covenant he has established with the Father God on our behalf. My Lord, my Lord. Now, from a careful study of God's word, it is very clear 
that he does not want us to be ignorant about our spiritual life. Based on that fact, it is a presupposition that whatever it takes to nullify that ignorance is available to us. Otherwise, it would be pointless for God to want us to be spiritually informed and then not make available to us the tools necessary to do away with the ignorance that is keeping us spiritually blind. We don't have to be ignorant of the things of God. You have to personalize this also. You have to go beyond your church, your congregation, your minister, your pastor, the teacher of the church, your spouse, your parents, your children, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your fiance. You have to go beyond all that saints or whatever. You have to go beyond everybody and decide for yourself that spiritual knowledge is for you. Even if it's not for anyone else on this planet, saints, it's for you. You have to make it personal because God deals with each one of us on an individual basis. Now, that's why people always say, my God, which is okay. But I need you to understand this and not misunderstand this. God is not going to tell me I can't do something and tell you you can. Okay? So we have to be careful with that. We serve the same God, and I'm talking about Christians. Now, Muslims serve a different God. I don't care what you hear them say. They serve someone different. They do not serve the God who created the heavens and the earth. Okay? That's a whole nother teaching. Now, God also, you know, deals with us collectively. But in the end, the bottom line is it's me and the Lord. Now, let's take a look at verse 14 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. And the Apostle Paul is continuing, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Mm, my goodness. Now the word sleep, and you guys have heard me say this before, as used in verses 13 and 14 of this scripture, is a synonym for the word death, D-E-A-T-H. In other words, God views his children as being asleep when they die. Now, us humans uh, think of people as being only what we see with our natural physical eyes, okay? When what we see with our natural eyes ceases to be animated or alive, then that person or thing is what we call dead. Now, when a person dies, we think that individual has ceased to exist. However, God considers only the physical part of that person as being asleep. Now, there are several scriptures that give credence to this. In John chapter 11, verse 11, the Lord Jesus is talking about Lazarus who had died. He said this, I'm going to wake Lazarus out of his sleep. Now, again, in speaking of Jairus's 12-year-old daughter in Matthew 9, 24, Jesus said that she was not dead, but was asleep. Then when we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52, it says this, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be, oh, let me um, say that again. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet 
for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Now this is talking about the rapture when we be caught up in the air with Christ. Now there are two important things relative to sleep which have no fear associated with them at all. Yet death, as it is portrayed in the world, primarily the Western world, is a very traumatic event for people. To most people, death is, is just a, a time for people to grieve and, and just fall apart. It is, you know, it's heart rendering. And I get it. It's mind boggling and it is terrifying. It's a bad experience for people. Now, it should not be this way for Christians. Yes, I'm saying this. It should not be this way for Christians. Not if we have been properly taught what the word of God says about death. Okay, saints. Now, this is not to say that, you know, there will not be natural feelings of loss in the sense that the person known and, and loved will no longer be there for us, you know, to have, you know, a personal physical contact or, or fellowship with. There is a natural sense of loss because a separation has occurred. Now, however, this separation should be like that which we experience when someone we love, let's say perhaps a close relative or a very dear friend has to leave uh, after a wonderful warm visit. Let's say they came to visit us and we hadn't seen them for like 15, 20 years and then they have to leave again. I understand that, you know, people will have, you know, some emotions about it, even be upset for a moment, you know, knowing that we won't see one another for a long time. I get it. Trust me, I get it. However, this is not a despairing kind of separation or discomfort. There is no sense of hopelessness because it is not as if we will never see each other again. This is how the Christian should view the death of another believer. Yes, and look, I know this may be hardening for some, some people, but I'm giving you Bible truth and why there is hope for the dead in Christ. Okay. Now I will say this again. This is how Christians should view death of another believer. Yet this is not the way most believers feel about death. And it is mainly because of not having been taught the word of God concerning Christians who die. Now, when you know better, you should do better. And it doesn't mean, let me say this again, that we shouldn't miss that individual. I still miss my mother. And my mother died back in 1993. I still miss my mother. Now, in fact, many believers have come to expect unbearable emotional pain, just like that experienced by anybody else. Now, God, however, says that when Christians die, they are asleep. Now, when somebody is asleep, two great things are implied. And I said this before in previous episodes. Number one, that that individual is going to wake up again. Okay. And number two, he should wake, he should wake up and be well rested. So sleep is designed to allow the body a chance to, let's say, recuperate and to re-energize. Now we ought to think of death the same way. We should think of death saints the exact same way as someone going to sleep. Now, over the years, since finding out how to walk by faith, 
I have had to deal with my own thinking about death. Now, since I've discovered what death really is all about, because you, excuse me, saints, you have to remember that I wasn't always full of faith. I was not always a minister of the gospel. I was not always astute in this Bible. Yes, there was a time I was ignorant. And when I lost my mom, I was ignorant of, of the word of God. I was in disbelief and and I was the strong one in the family, but at, at my mother's services, I was the first one to start crying out loud. Uh-huh, yes, Miss Strong. Yeah, I was the first one to start crying out loud, but today I probably wouldn't do that because I know too much. And I know my mother knew who Jesus was and had accepted him. My mother and my father both uh, were Christians. You know, they are no longer with us. And we were in Bible study every Wednesday, especially coming up and in church every Sunday. We couldn't miss a Sunday. So, and it wasn't the attendance in church that saved my mother and father. It's their belief in Christ. Yeah. Now, I discovered what death really is all about by studying the word of God. Yeah, saying so if you don't know what God's word has to say about this subject, death can be an awesome, terrible situation to face. Okay, saints. Now, I'll say this. The Bible says that God is the God of the living because there is no death in God. Now, in terms of a person ceasing to exist, there is, um, I will say, no such thing as people ceasing to exist. They are simply put on hold for a while. Now, the Christian body will come alive again because the spirit will once again wear it. I know this is deep, but at the end of the day, when we deal with God, we are dealing with spirituality. Now, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 4.13 once again. And I want to discuss something else that is significant concerning the others, uh, other people that's mentioned in this scripture. And it says this. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Mm. The others spoken of here are talking about non-Christians. Okay, let me read this again. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, but ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Now, the non-Christians have no hope. Now, for them, the non-believers, death is an end. Now, for the non-Christian, yes, death is traumatic. It is an agony. Now, I have known of cases where some loved ones have died and, and the grieving person did not have hope because he or she did not know what we know from the word of God. Now, I have seen people literally die. They died themselves in a very short period of time after the loss of a loved one because they could not deal with that person's death. It was too traumatic for them. That happened because they had no hope. And I can use my grandparents, for instance, on my father's side, my, my father's mother and father. When my grandfather died, who I, who, whom I adored dearly, my grandmother couldn't take it. She died shortly after. She couldn't live without him. No, she could not live without him. Now, man is a tripartite being. Okay, I'm getting ready to get deep, saints. Man is a tripartite being. 
Now, the real you is a spirit. You have a soul which consists of your mind, uh, will, and emotions, and you live inside a physical body. In what we call death, there is no loss of identity and awareness, spiritually speaking. Now, I am talking about the man on the inside, the spirit man. Now, let's look at a few scriptures that will validate this fact. You guys know I am not going to just say nothing without giving you support in scripture. Okay. So if you disagree, disagree with the word of God, not me. My job is to share the word of God. So let's look at, let's see, let me go through my notes. What scripture I'm going to pull up. Second Corinthians chapter five, beginning at verse one, second Corinthians chapter five, beginning at verse one. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle will, uh, wait, let me say that again. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, which means human hands, eternal in the heavens. Now, I want you to notice that the Apostle Paul says, for we know that if our earthly house. So it is obvious to me from this statement that there are two separate concepts on the discussion here. Our and house. Now, our refers to the owner or or the possessor. Okay. The house is the object of possession. That means that the person talking about us to which the word our refers must be separate and distinct from the house in which those persons live. Paul says, for we know that if our earthly house, now right away, this implies that there must be another kind of house. If this were the only house, then Paul would not have to say earthly. We only say earthly to distinguish from heavenly. Now, if there were only one kind of house, he would not have needed to specify that he was speaking of an earthly house. Are you with me, saints? And let's continue. This is uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 2. The Apostle Paul says, For in this, that is, in this earthly house, we groan. We, meaning the persons referred to by the word our in verse 1. The real us, that's what Paul is talking about earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Now, first, Paul talks about our earthly house. Then he talks about another house, which he says is from heaven. Now, if you will reread these two verses mentally, substituting our spirit man's for our physical body, for earthly house, of this tabernacle and our heavenly spirit for our house, which is from heaven, it will help you get a picture of the image Paul is conveying here about the relationship between the physical body and the immortal spirit. Now the apostle Paul continues in verses three and four of um, second Corinthians five. He says, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed. In other words, we do not want to be unclothed. Okay. 
but clothe upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. My Lord, that's 2 Corinthians 5, 3, and 4. Now, I want to read that from the New Living Translation so you can get uh, the, a better understanding, like the same understanding that I have gotten. And I'm going to read it from verses 1 through 4, okay? Verses 1 through 4, and this 2 Corinthians 5. Now, the Apostle Paul says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in, in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body. We will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, not by human hands. That was verse one. Now I'm reading verse two. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. Verse three, for we will put on heavenly bodies we will not be spirits without bodies. Verse four, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it is not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Now, verse five in the uh, uh, traditional King James says, now he that had wrought us for the selfsame thing is God who also had given us or given unto us the earnest of the spirit. Now let me read verse five in New Living Translation. It says, God himself has prepared us for this and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Now the earnest of the spirit mentioned in the traditional King James means the down payment. Yes. When we were born again, we received the down payment on our salvation. That's the seal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came into us to, to take up residence as Christ's representative. Now I am not talking about being filled with the spirit. These are two different things because there are a lot of Christians who are not filled with the spirit. I'm filled with the spirit. I can only use me as an example because I know me, but there are a lot of Christians that are not filled with the spirit. They have the seal of the spirit as a down payment because they have accepted Christ as being Lord and savior. And they believe that he is living today. I am talking about being born of the spirit. The Holy spirit is the one who comes into us as Christ's representative to cause the new birth to take place. Now that is the down payment of our total salvation package. Okay, saints, the other installment will include a brand new body and a brand new soul. Now, second Corinthians five verses six and seven, and I will be reading them from the traditional King James and then read them from the new living translation. Okay. Verse six says, therefore we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, which means our earthly house, our home in this earth realm. Okay. Saints, we are absent from the Lord because the Lord is in heaven. Okay. And, um, verse seven says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Now let me read this from the new living translation. Verse six says, so we are always confident even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. Verse seven says, 
For we live by believing and not by seeing. And the traditional King James says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. New living says, for we live by believing and not by seeing. The apostle Paul is saying here that we have to take all of this in by faith because we cannot see our heavenly house just yet, saints. But by faith, we receive it. Now, verse 8 of chapter 5, 2 Corinthians says this, and this is the traditional uh, King James. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, the New Living Translation, verse 8 says this. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord. My Lord, my Lord. Now, when you are absent from and present with, that means you are present with and absent from. Now, you need to read that very carefully, saints. You, okay, because this is where false teaching comes in. Now, I've heard a well-known talk show host say this on his show every day. Now, we know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Most High. No, it doesn't say that. It says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You saying Most High, we, can, we have people that's putting their God where it says Most High. They could be talking about a tree. They can be talking about Allah. Allah and Jehovah are two different people. No, we serve the same God the Jews serve. The, the Jews don't serve Allah. Allah is a sun God, a moon God. No, we serve Jehovah. And the Hebrew name for God is Yahweh. We can also call him Yahweh, but we, we call him Jehovah. He came in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we need to get that straight. So there is no such thing as not being somewhere all the time, as some of these congregations are teaching. And in episode two, I will mention those two con congregations. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, mention those two congregations. Y'all know I talk fast a lot because I do have somewhere to be for four o'clock and I'm trying to rush through. So let me slow down a little bit. Now, there is no such thing as not being somewhere all the time. Now, you can't be nowhere. You have to be somewhere. When you die, you, in the form of your spirit man, are either in heaven, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or you are in hell, if you have not accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Those are the only two places you could go, is one or, one or the other. Now, after you leave this earth, you have to be in either one place or the other. Now, this verse does not leave room for saying that you are on your way somewhere. The Bible says that to be absent from is to be present with. There is no in between. It does not say to be present with is to be on the way. I want y'all to get this here. Now, this epistle that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church was written to the children of God. Now, a child of God is one who has personally acknowledged and accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. It is not somebody who believes in the legend of Jesus, but someone who has made Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Lord of his or her life. Now, that person is what the Bible calls born again. 
Remember the Lord Jesus Christ said, you must be born again. You got to be born again. Okay. Now a new creature in Christ, you have to be saved. You have to be a Christian. Now, if one of these titles does not apply to you, then for you to be absent from the body is not to be present with the Lord Jesus. If you are not a child of God, then to be absent from the body is to be present with the devil. You may not like this. You may not want to hear it, but this is Bible talking. Okay. Because he is your Lord. If you are absent from the body without Christ, you are with the devil because he is your Lord. That's who your God is. Now, if Jesus is your Lord, then for you to be absent from the body is to be present with him, Jesus. Now, if you are not a Christian, then to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord with a little L, Satan. Okay. If Jesus is not your Lord, then the devil is. Whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you receive it or not, Satan is your Lord if Jesus Christ is not your Lord. Now you may be, you know, an adopted child. I am getting ready to give you an illustration as to what I just talked about. If you um, are an adopted child in the, in the natural world, and you may not know who your biological mother or father is, the one whose womb you came out of, your mother. You may have been taken from her, or she may have given you away. You may never know in this lifetime who your natural mother is, but that does not make any difference. She is still your mother, okay? Now, she is not your mother because you know her, she is your mother because she gave birth to you. Likewise, as long as you are alive on this green earth, you may not know uh, that Satan is your Lord, but you will surely know it when you die. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The question is, which Lord is your Lord? A reminder of what the Apostle Paul said. He says, we are confident. I say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, this scripture is talking about death in the sense that when we die, our spirits with our souls leave our bodies and go to be with the Lord or to be with Satan. It depends on who your Lord is. Now, saints, we are going to stop right here. Yes, we are. And episode two, I know it's getting inter interesting. Episode two, I will share with you guys next Saturday, but I have to prepare and, and go somewhere, be somewhere for four o'clock today. And I hope those of you who are listening are being enlightened by this word because God wants his children to be informed. He wants us to be informed spiritually. Now, for those of you who are listening for the first time, are on the fence about who Jesus is. I have an invitation for you because tomorrow is not promised to you. Today is the day of salvation. And if you don't know the risen Christ, now is the time. You can reference Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, meaning that Jesus is Lord, and that you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, meaning that you know he is alive and well, then you will be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And saints, all you have to do is repeat after me. Let's say this prayer. I'm right here with you. 
says, Heavenly Father, your word says that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I am confessing that right now. He is Lord. He is Lord of my life. And that if I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I am confessing right now that I believe and receive in, in my heart that Christ is alive right now because you raised him from the dead and he is seated at your right hand. I am saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Saints, if you said that simple prayer, you are saved. You are born again. You should feel a change in your heart right now. That is the seal, the down payment, which is the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean you are being filled with the Holy Spirit. That means you are possessing the seal of the Holy Spirit. That is the guarantee in your heart that you are his and you are his forever. Hallelujah. So saints, you should join a faith-based teaching church where Christ is the head of that church so that you can grow in faith. Continue to listen to Learning Bible Truth Ministries where you, where you will hear nothing but the truth. And we are not afraid to share the truth mm -mm, because the only man I fear is God. I don't fear man at all. I will teach and say whatever the Bible says for me to teach and say and the Holy Spirit is with me. Hallelujah. But I love you. I'm here to tell you, I may talk a good game, saints. I may preach this word with confidence, but I am here to tell you that my heart is big for man. I will do anything for anyone. I will hug anyone. I will pray for anyone. I will lay hands on anyone for healing. And I am here to tell you, if you encounter anyone today, treat them with compassion, dignity, and respect. Because everyone deserves it. We are in a world, right now we are living in a world that needs healing, that needs saving. I know this world is perishing, but there are people out there who don't know the true and living God. They don't know. They don't know that God is still a healer. He is still a deliverer. He is still a savior. No, he is the savior. Let me correct myself right there. He is still the savior. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You just need to distinguish which Lord you are calling upon. Okay, saints. So let me go and get ready. Play this message for family and friends who need to know so that they can have some hope about the dead in Christ. So I will, or let's say we shall meet again next Saturday. Okay, so until then, saints, peace out. hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D, and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out. Could help along the way.
I'm still standing.